Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. last time we had you in and so we're so excited to have brother marty with us and i know that he's going to be a blessing to you so why don't we just welcome him and brother marty just have your liberties well if you're happy and you know it this morning say amen uh we're delighted to be with you we uh we love your pastors and like we said it's been probably about 10 years since we've been here with you and, uh, of course, some of you I, I met a long time ago, and then others, most of you are, are new. So come up and shake my hand, introduce yourself. I, I love people. I worked in local churches for 17 years, so, you know, we, we, we don't mind interacting and giving a hug and saying hello, all right? So uh, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, we're glad to see you, Pastor Jerry. What a blessing to see you. Hey, we've got uh, what you call... A, a, I guess we could just call it an impartation table. Most people call it a book table, but there's no books back there. It's just CDs, DVDs, and so forth. So we've got several things you might enjoy. We've got a lot of praise and worship. I call it vintage (laughs) because it was recorded live way back in the 90s, but it's still got some fun stuff on there. And then also this is a a, a CD. I was a piano major in college, so I sat down for about 45 minutes just played out of my spirit, no particular melodies, just piano and strings. Uh, it's great for, for meditation, prayer, uh, no words, just music. Uh, a lot of churches use this for their prayer time. Do you all use that here? Do you have that? We'll give that to you. And then also, uh, we've got some uh, teaching back there. This is called, and I realize many of you, if you're 25 years or, or younger, you don't buy CDs. But we do have a website called blackwelderministries.org. You can go download from our digital bookstore, but if you like to have it in your car, well, they're back there. Uh, This one is called Empowered for Living. Now, I was raised Southern Baptist. I was born again at seven years old, thoroughly saved. And then at 18 years old, I went to a Catholic Bible study. This was during the charismatic renewal. And of course, I went to that Catholic Bible study and came out baptized in the Holy Spirit, as the Scripture says, with the evidence of speaking in a supernatural language called unknown tongues, as you'll find in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, if that's strange to you or you've never heard or you would like some additional information, it's just normal Christianity. I give you a no-nonsense approach, line upon line, precept upon precept teaching of what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I talk to you about the supernatural language that accompanies its purpose, its usage, its diversity. So it's all back there. And then I coach you into receiving the experience with some nice music. All right? So empowered for living. Uh, It's back there. Maybe you are our friend. Uh, And then this is one called I'm Just Saying. And that's simply based upon, who would like this Empowered for Living CD? Uh, uh, it's based upon uh, the, I'm just saying, you know, we're, we're created in the image of God. And because we are, we are spirit beings. And as spirit beings, our words are of a spiritual nature and origin. And they carry tremendous impact in this natural world in which we live. So I just talked to you about saying the right things to yourself 
over yourself and to others. Uh, anyone like to have that? All right, right here. Okay, all the women got it today, I think. <laughs> Fellas, you got the, the wallet. Go back there. And... <laughs> well, once again, we're happy to be here. We're going to have a great time this morning. Listen, you know, when I come to a church, I don't try to just do a cookie-cutter sermon. I endeavor to listen, to follow my spirit. And, and of course, you know, in 30 years of ministry, you're going to cover principles or messages, you know, from time to time. But I was specifically led in a particular direction this morning, probably ministered this maybe five times along these lines in 30 years. But, you know, I had an unction in this direction. So obviously someone in here this morning needs what we're going to share. Now, sometimes you preach messages or teach messages that are just general Bible and they're edification and, and they apply to all of us. And other times, there may be messages that have specific implication for certain individuals who are present in the meeting, right? And this type of, uh, this leading this morning and this message will have a specific implication for some of you because of the nature of the message. And then it will have just general for others, but we can all be blessed because it's the Word of God. All right? So are you ready? How many of you have your Bibles or your device? Now we have to say device, you know. Wave it. Make the devil mad. <laughs> Let's begin in First Peter. First Peter chapter 1. Now, I'm a... Listen, I, I know I look young, but I've been around a little while, and, and I've got... Uh, I, I, I'm King James. Sorry, but that's, that's what I grew up on. And I tried to switch even to the new King James, but when I start quoting Scripture, I'd get all messed up. So I just went back. So they're going to have some Scriptures for you up here. It'll be in the King James, but uh, you'll, you'll get it. All right? First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Let's begin by reading. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season... If need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful, isn't it? But the Apostle Peter begins by celebrating the fact that you and I, who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have been born or begotten of God. And because we've been born of God, quite naturally, we become the sons and the daughters of God. And as sons and daughters, we have become heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And as heirs, we have received an inheritance, one that is incorruptible, undefiled, reserved for us in heaven. Then he goes on to say, while we're here in the earth, we're kept by the power of God through faith. And then he said, in all of these realities, we can greatly rejoice. And we can, can't we? Born of God, sons and daughters of God, heirs of God, received an inheritance kept by the power of God. Amen. And we can rejoice in all of those realities. And we do. But he goes on to give us insight into a further reality. <laughs> And that is, 
As long as you and I live in this world, in a world that is in a state of degeneration presently, it will not always be that way, but it's that way presently. In a world that has the presence of Satan, sin, human will and volition, he said, listen, your faith is going to be tried. And the genuineness of our faith will be revealed. He said, the reality is, in this life, there will be opposition, and it comes in many forms. And he said, now, why Why do we have opposition? You know the word here, John chapter 10 and verse 10. Uh, Jesus said, now, the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life. So we have an enemy. It is his nature and intention to steal, to kill, to destroy. But thank God Jesus came that we might have life. Are you listening? So, once again, in this life, there will be opposition. And as a matter of fact, over in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, uh, Peter said, now listen. He said, don't consider it a strange thing. And if you can get those scriptures... First, do they shine up here? Yeah. Think it not a strange thing concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing has befallen you. One translation says, listen, don't consider the, the adversity or the trial that you're going through to be some abnormal experience. As though, you know, the devil's picking on me or life's ganging up on me. In one sense of the word, they're just, uh, you know, common to the human experience. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes as men and women of faith, we understand our covenant. We understand the Word of God. We understand our authority in Jesus' name. And when we encounter uh, uh, trying or difficult situations, one of the first things uh, that we tend to ask ourselves is, man, I wonder where I missed it. Well, it may be a possibility that you missed it, but in all probability you probably haven't. Once again, it's just called the trials of life. They're common to the human experience. But I want you to notice in verse 6, I understand the context and the implication of this verse, but I want to set forth a principle. Notice these words. He said, though now for a season. And I understand he's talking about the passage through this life, but now, once again, I want to draw your attention to this phrase. Though now for a season. Everybody say for a season. Most often, the trials, the adversities, the oppositions of life, they tend to come in seasons. No one should be living in crises all the time. I mean, if you're always in a crisis, there's just something wrong with your approach to life or your response. Or maybe you're just a person, you know, given to drama. You ever met a dramatic person? Everything is a crisis, you know. Those, those folks just tickle me. They're quite entertaining. But no one should be living in crises all the time. But there are seasons of adversity seasons of opposition, seasons where at times your faith can be tried. You know, the Apostle Paul had opposition. He had adversities. He had times, man, where his faith is tried. How many of you have ever read his personal testimony in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28? 
If you haven't had the opportunity to read his testimony, I want to read it to you. But I want to read it to you out of the Message Bible. So if, it, if they have it in the Message, fine. If not, uh, you just listen to me, okay? Uh, he said, I have worked harder. I've been jailed more often. I've been beaten up more times than I can count. Just look here because that's King James. I want, is it? Oh, it's a message? Okay. Uh, I've been beaten up more times than I can count. I've been at death's door time after time. He said, I've been flogged five times by the Jews, 39 lashes. I've been beaten with uh, Roman rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been at risk. Uh, I've been shipwrecked three times, immersed in an open sea for a night and a day. I've been uh, in hard traveling year in, year out. I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storm. I've been betrayed by those that I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery, hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missed meal blasted by the cold and naked to the weather. And he said, and that's not the half of it. (laughs) When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, and you think you've had a challenging month or year. Listen, none of us have encountered the intensity of the things that the Apostle Paul uh, uh, encountered. But I want you to notice this man's attitude. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 8 and 9, notice his attitude. He said, we are troubled on every side. Did you ever notice that most often trouble seems to come with company? (laughs) It's not just one thing. seems like several things kind of converge at once. I call it the devil's pile-up technique. Trying to, you know, overwhelm you, so to speak. Get you discouraged. Paul said, hey man, we're troubled on every side. And it's at this point that he got out his handkerchief. And he began to cry. You know, and he said, you know, these people are being mean to us. They're throwing rocks at us. They're talking about us. We're just trying to preach the gospel. They're so ungrateful. Is that what he said? What? (laughs) No, that's not what he said. He said, man, we're troubled on every side. But now notice his mentality. Yet not distressed. He said, I am not going to allow the external to penetrate the internal, to steal my joy, to steal my peace. I'm not going to get all stressed out about it. I'm troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He said perplexed. How many of you know what perplexed means by definition? Perplexed means, friends, confused. (laughs) Paul said, hey, I want to tell you something. I don't always understand. Why things happen the way they do. I don't always understand why people behave and respond the way they do. He said, but just because I cannot wrap my head around everything that occurs doesn't mean that I'm going to throw in the towel, give in to despair, and give up. Right? He said, perplexed. What's the next word? Somebody tell me the next word. Perplexed. But. Everybody say but. Not in despair. He goes on to say persecuted. Right? All who live godly in this life will suffer persecution. But he said, hey man, there's more that be with me than be with them. 
right? I know how this thing's going to turn out. In the end, I'll be on top with Jesus. So he said, you know, persecuted, but not forsaken. And then finally he said, cast down. What's the next word? But not destroyed. One translation says, struck down. The devil's thrown some punches here and there. But hallelujah, not struck out. Amen? See, I think some Christians need a butt revelation. And I'm not talking about the part you're sitting on this morning. I'm talking about the conjunction. Psalm 30 and verse 5 says, uh, uh, Weeping endures for the night. Somebody tell me. But joy comes in the morning. Psalm 34 and verse 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want for any good thing. In verse 19 of that same chapter, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And finally, John 16 and 33, in this world, you're going to have some tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome, right? Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need a butt revelation. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. Here's the reality, man. Paul, Paul faced some stuff, right? You and I are going to face some adversity and opposition in life. But the good news is none of it overcame him. None of it stopped him, of course, until his appointed time was over. None of it stopped him. None of it overcame him. None of it will stop you. None of it will stop me if we will maintain the proper mentality in our seasons of adversity and opposition. Because here's the reality. The highest form of human captivity is a wrong mentality. I said the highest form of human captivity is a wrong mentality. Because if I am thinking improperly, then I'm believing improperly. And if I am believing improperly, then I am powerless, uh, so to speak, to change my situation. Are you listening? So, we have to decide, and sometimes we coin these phrases, but the reality remains the same. We have to decide in life if we are going to be a victim or a victor. And if we are going to be a victor, then we must uh, adopt the victor mentality. Now, some people, you know, they'll say to me, Brother Marty, you don't know where I've been. You don't understand the road I've walked, the hurt that I have experienced from others. And the reality is, friends, I don't know. And I am not belittling those experiences or their potential impact upon your life. But one thing I do know, you can never move forward dragging the past behind you. At some point, we have to look toward the future, right? I've often heard it said you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror, right? And really the question is not where you have been or what you have experienced, the question is, where are you going from here? You know, when when God spoke to Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2, He was very frank with him. The very first thing He said to him was, listen, Moses is dead. Now I want you to get up, arise, take these people 
cross over Jordan and possess the land that I have prepared for you. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We just have to say, this is a closed chapter. Now let's get up and let's get moving. Why? Because the future's bright. So once again, we have to face life with a certain predisposition. A predisposition that says, hey, you know what? Christ in me. Christ with me. Christ for me is more than enough to put me over in any situation that I encounter. I love, once again, Paul's attitude. We would call it the mentality of faith. We see it over in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 35. Notice what he said. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Look in verse 37. King James is a little funny. Nay, like a donkey. But it means no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And then he goes on to say, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Woo! In Christ Jesus. Man, if that doesn't make you happy, it makes me happy. Woo! Maintaining the proper mentality in our seasons of opposition and adversity is crucial to coming out victoriously on the other side. You say, well, Brother Marty, you're hitting the nail on the head this morning, man. I've been in a season. feel like I've been assaulted on every front. What do we do? Well, I'm going to tell you a real simple recipe. It's what you've been taught right here from this pulpit, from these pastors. And it comes to us in the words of the Apostle Paul over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. You know, sometimes it's letting the simple things slip that can trip us up. We've heard it, but we don't do it. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 and verse 13, notice Paul's words. He said, now, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. Now listen, he said, I believed. Well, that's good. Therefore, have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. A recipe for navigating your seasons of adversity successfully is first of all, Believing God's Word and what He has spoken concerning you and your situation, yes, believe it. But also, friends, declare it. Speak it out. Because faith will always be in two places. It will be in your heart. That is where faith is nurtured or generated. But it will also be in your mouth. Faith is never silent in the midst of opposition. Believing God's Word, but then also declaring His Word. Instead of saying, what in the world am I going to do? Why don't you join the psalmist in Psalm 18 and verse 2. Why don't you say this? I will say of the Lord, He is my what? Excuse me. The Lord, Psalm 91 and verse 2 first. Psalm 91 and verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my, my refuge. 
my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Psalm 18 and verse 2 now. Instead of fretting, getting all stressed out, say, Lord, you're my rock. (laughs) You are my fortress. You are my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Amen. Everybody say, I trust you, Lord. So once again, believing the word, declaring that word in your seasons of adversity is crucial to, to navigating successfully. First John chapter 5 and verse 4, you know these, these scriptures. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Notice, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Are you listening? So what does that tell us? It tells us victory has been prepared for us, but our faith must be applied in the apprehension of it. So believing that word and also declaring that word uh, helps us navigate successfully. Now, I don't know what you may be facing uh, this morning, but I'll tell you one thing I've learned in life personally, and that is reaction many times determines result. How I respond to a situation and in a situation has tremendous impact uh, sometimes on the outcome. There's a, there's a great scripture over in Mark uh, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Let's just take a little side journey. You'll remember Jesus came in Mark chapter 11 and uh, he was hungry and he was uh, looking for some food in verse 12 of Mark chapter 11. On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And he seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now notice here in the, in the King James of verse 14. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and the disciples heard it. And of course, if you look further in verse 20 later, they came back the next morning, man, that thing was dried up from the roots. But this is what I think is very interesting. Some translation says, in response, he said. But the King James says, he answered. Now, most often, you answer things that are talking to you, don't you? Right? Now, we understand this fig tree was not speaking audibly, but in one sense of the word, it was sending a message. No food, no figs, no provision. And Jesus, the Bible says Jesus answered it. He responded to it. See, reaction determines result. Sometimes the symptoms in your body, they'll talk to you. Sometimes the zeros in your checkbook, they'll talk to you. (laughs) And when they do, whatever's talking to you, you need to answer it. Answer it immediately. Answer it on the basis of this covenant. Answer it with the authority of Jesus' name. What do you mean? Well, let's just a couple of examples. Well, I'll just give you one for time's sake. My dad, you know, he was 50 years old. And he was uh, uh, the vice president of human resources at a, a, a what Gulfstream Aerospace, you know, the, the Gulfstream Jets, uh, years and years ago. So, you know, he, he had a great job, great benefits, man, good pay, great retirement. And then all of a sudden, a corporation, as many times they do, they came in and bought that corporation, right? And many times when one corporation purchases another, they will replace their officers with new ones, their own. 
So my dad's colleagues began to be dismissed. He's 50 years old, you know. And he could see the handwriting on the wall, man. You know, they're, they're being let go, being fired. And he said, you know, son, what am I going to do? And, and, of course, the time came. They came in, Mr. Blackwell, your services are no longer needed. He calls me. He's a good Baptist man, deacon, teaches Sunday school. But he hasn't had a lot of the teaching that you and I have. And he said, he said uh, son, what am I going to do now? I'm 50 years old. Who is going to hire me at this level of executive, uh, you know, jobs with the salary and the benefits? What, what am I going to do? I said, now, Daddy, wait a minute now. <laughs> wait just a minute. We're going to answer this situation. We're not going to cower in fear. Re- reaction determines response. We're going to answer this based upon the covenant we have. You know God loves you, Daddy. This did not take him by surprise, right? He knows you've got needs. He knows you've still got some years left. So let's just answer this thing on the authority of the Word. So I said, repeat after me. We're on the phone. I said, say, I'll have a better job. He said, I'll have a better job. Better pay. Better pay. Better benefit. Might as well just get it all in there. Better benefits. He said, better benefits. And a increased retirement. Increased retirement. He said, and an increased retirement. I said, now, Daddy, say that again. I'll have a better job, better pay, better benefits, increased retirement. I said, say it again, Dad. <laughs> better pay, better benefits, increased retirement, so forth. And then I said, now, Daddy, say it one more time like you believe it, because you do. And my dad's a positive person by nature. It just took the wind out of his sails, as sometimes things can. He said, all right, I'll have a better job, better pay, better benefits, increased retirement. I said, now, Daddy... Every time you think about that, I want you to thank God for it. Every time. In the morning, in the afternoon, just thank Him. You have a better job, better pay, better benefits, increase your time. Will you do it, Dad? He said, I will. And I said, don't talk to Mama with a bunch of murmuring and doubt and unbelief. Let's just settle this right here. He said, okay. (laughs) So, God's my witness. And it doesn't always happen this quick. But my dad called me two weeks later, a Fortune 500 company in the same city. Called my dad and said, Mr. Blackwell, do we understand you're no longer employed at this corporation? We need a vice president of human resources. Are you interested? He said, well, let me pray about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so so we went in there, got the job, better pay, better benefits, increased retirement. He retired at 59 years old. He's 80 now. Praise God. Isn't the Lord good? Everybody say, answer it. So, you know, the point is, believing the Word and speaking the Word. Now, most often, you'll find that the reason Satan brings opposition and adversity in intense times, perhaps in seasons, is in one sense of the Word to keep you from seeing what's on the other side. I once heard it said, if you knew what was on the other side of that mountain, you would move it. Amen. So sometimes the purpose of opposition is to get you just to sit down, quit, draw back, give up, you know. Why? I tell people, hey, let me tell you something. Sometimes your greatest seasons of opposition are simply the border to your promised land. You need to just push on through that thing, cross over to the other side. Something I've found personally, and this is just through years of life and ministry and experience. 
Some of our greatest seasons of blessing, advancement, uh, and uh, favor, whether it be personally, ministerially, some of our greatest seasons along those lines have most often been preceded by some of our most intense seasons of opposition, adversity on every front. So I, I, I've just kind of learned to get happy, like James says, James chapter 1 and verse 2, count it all joy when the devil brings his nonsense and life stuff starts coming. I've just learned to what? Count it all joy. Why? Because I know this test will be my testimony. I know that this current opposition is going to be my future launching pad. That's the attitude we have to have. And now listen, I want to tell you something this morning because here's the good news. And once again, I want to preface this because many times as ministers, and you'll hear uh, people, we will coin certain phrases and we use them flippantly and they can lose their significance. Uh, So I wanted to preface that because I would not make a pretense of what I'm about to tell you if I didn't have it in my spirit to say. Are you listening? So... As I said to you, we all walk this same road. And some of our greatest seasons of blessing and advancement and favor have been most often preceded by some of our seasons of extensive adversity and, and testing. And in one such season, man, it just seemed like we were assaulted on every front. Personally, emotionally, financially, ministerially. You know, and it finally came to me, hey, this is not natural. This is supernatural. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is demonic. You know, when you're waking up at night, that's, that's not God. What are you going to do? You know, so, you know, I was seeking the Lord in the midst of one of these seasons years ago. And, and the Lord speaks to me in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's just the way He speaks to me. And He gave me a psalm. But... It's in my spirit for for someone in here this morning. So we can teach and admonish one another, right? So the word of the Lord came to me saying, and this is for you. Some of you have been in a season of opposition. The enemy has attempted to discourage and detour, get you off course. But be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and remain steadfast And endure. Why? Because the tide is turning. The day of victory is near. The devil is defeated. Do not be discouraged. Do not fear. Listen. For the hopes that you've harbored and the dreams you've believed, they shall come into fruition. And they shall be received. So rejoice. Be glad. And lift your voice. See, God will always get your mouth involved. Lift your voice and say. Now, here's the phrase that I said. (laughs) We coined it, but I'm speaking it by the unction. Lift your voice and say. Things are turning around in my favor. Victory is mine today. Now, let me repeat that so it gets in your spirit. You've been in a... See, you don't know what what in the world has been going on. I'm going to tell you what's been going on. 
You've been in a season of opposition. The enemy has attempted to discourage, to detour. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Remain steadfast and endure. Why? Because the tide is turning. We're drawing a line in the sand this morning. You just write it in your Bible. The tide is turning. The day of victory is here. The devil is defeated. Do not be discouraged. Do not fear. The hopes that you've harbored, the dreams you've believed, they shall come into fruition and they shall be received. So rejoice. Be glad. Lift your voice and say, things are turning around in my favor. Victory's mine today. Now let me ask you something. When we say things are turning around, what do we mean? I understand, friends, from a scriptural and legal standpoint that our captivity has already been turned in Christ. That is a past and present reality. I'm talking to you specifically this morning about specific situations, specific individuals, and the Lord wants you to know, hey, stay steady. Amen. He's working. He's heard. This thing is turning around. Now, what do we mean a turn around? Is that a scriptural uh, 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 concept? Sure it is. Now, when you think of a turnaround, what does that mean? Well, that means things have been going this particular direction for, you know, quite a while, perhaps unfavorably. Then, man, the Holy Ghost gets in there. God starts working. You're praying. You're praising. And all of a sudden, it does a 180. And it starts going. Go it in the other direction. Not a 360 now. We don't want to be where we started. A 180. Right? Now, is that a scriptural concept? Sure. Over in Psalm 126, verse 1, you know the, the, the Bible. Psalm 126 and verse 1. It said, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Now, As I said, we understand our captivity has been turned in Christ. I'm talking about specific situations and seasons of opposition this morning. When the Lord turned again. Now, what was their state? Friends, the Jews or Israel, they were slaves. They were in Egyptian bondage. They were poor, downcast, depressed. Things were very unfavorable. But the Bible says God turned their captivity. Now, what does it look like when God turns someone's captivity? What does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. Psalm 105 and verse 37. He brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. What does it look like when God turns somebody's captivity? Verse 43. Of Psalm 105, he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. Now, what do you mean? Hey, listen, as we said, they were down, they were out, they were broke, they were sad, they were depressed. God turned their captivity. He brought them out with silver and gold, filled their hearts with joy and gladness. You can leave different than you came in here this morning. Get that burden off your back. Woo! Amen. I always tell people never, because I've experienced this personally, never assume for a moment that your present state or circumstance has any bearing 
on your future potential or fulfillment. Because things can change in a moment of time. Whoa, do you believe it? Now, some of you this morning, I know you feel like you've been through the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> in Daniel chapter 3. Maybe you feel like you've been in the lion's den with Daniel, you know. Hey, you know, that's an interesting story, Daniel. Because how many of you are familiar with the story of Daniel and the lion's den? If you read in Sunday school, if not, you can read it over there in Daniel chapter 6. But, you know, Daniel was doing everything right. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of prayer. He honored God. He was doing everything right. And he found himself in a very precarious situation. And don't you know, when they came to, you know, drag him to the lion's den, don't you just know that he knew God was going to zap those guys? But he didn't. And then they got to the edge of the den, and I'm sure he he fell on the inside like I have. I'll admit it. I've said to God sometimes, hey, if you plan on doing something, now would be a wonderful time. You ever felt like that? <laughs> if you plan on doing something, now would be a great time. But guess what? They threw him in. And that's where a lot of Christians give up. I've been going to church. I've been giving. I've been serving. I've done my best to live this life. And look at me. I'm in the den. Hey, that's not the end of the story. you got to read the next verse. Daniel 6 and 23 or somewhere around in there. It says, in the morning, they came and they took him up out of the den. And notice, there was no manner of hurt upon him. No residue of the past. No evidence of the fact he had ever been in that den. God can so deliver you this morning. There's no evidence of the fact you were ever in that situation. No residue from the past. Do you believe it? Maybe you feel like you're standing at the Red Sea, man, and you got you got the sea in front of you. Pharaoh's breathing down your neck. I got some good news for you this morning. You're going to pass through that fire. You will not be burned. You're coming up out of the den. There'll be no manner of hurt upon you. You're going to pass through this present sea of opposition. And that which has been pursuing you is going to be swallowed up by the power of God. Are you listening? Everybody say, God is turning things around for me, for my family, for my business now. In the name of Jesus. Now, now, what are we doing this morning? Because this message has somewhat of a prophetic implication, we are drawing a line in the sand. We are declaring by the anointing, not just a coined phrase, but by the unction, we are declaring this thing's turning around. From this day forward, it is turning around. The tide is turning. Woo! And we're going to see the result of it. Can you believe that? Now, Lillian B. Yeomans, how many of you have ever heard Lillian B. Yeomans? If you, if you haven't, she was a medical doctor in the early 1900s. She uh, became addicted to morphine, and then she got gloriously saved and delivered, and she had a healing ministry for about 40 years, and powerful ministry. And she made this statement. 
and I, I believe it has credence, she said, praise hastens victory. Praise hastens victory. There's something about praising God that activates His power on our behalf. Sometimes you've prayed your prayer, you're standing there, but there's something else you need to do. You need to praise God. Let me read you a little story. You turn with me over here in Second Chronicles, and we're closing. How many of you give me five more minutes? Five, any, ten, fifteen, twenty. All right, praise God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't preach long. I try to get a lot in a little bit of time. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Just a, a, a beautiful story about praise, the power of praise. Uh, in verse 12, I'll just tell you the preface here. Uh, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, got a message and said, Hey man, a massive army from, from Edom has entered into our borders. They're already at the En Gedi. I mean, this thing is serious. They are massive. What in the world are we going to do? And so, man, initially, he's a little fearful, right? Sometimes that's the initial response. Fear comes. It's not a sin to be tempted to fear. What happens, the problem comes is if you embrace it and you begin to allow it to impact you. You're going to feel the initial many times impact on your emotions of fear, but fear is a spirit and should be resisted. So he went and sought uh, the counsel of the Lord. In verse 12, we see, God, will you not judge them? We have no might against this company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's a good place to have them. When, and there are times you don't know what to do. Just keep your eyes on him. Tell him you trust him. And then, of course, in verse 15, uh, Jehaziel began to prophesy by the Spirit of God. And the Lord said, Hearken ye all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Woo! Now in verse 17, I love this, You will not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. The Lord will be with you. And of course, in verse 19, we see them standing up, and they begin to praise God in a little teeny tiny voice where no one could hear them. Is that what it says? No. They stood up and they praised Him with what? A loud voice. Sometimes you just need to get loud. I don't know why. God likes it. In the Old Testament, man, time after time, the battle plan was do this, 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 and then shout. Do this, this, and shout. He likes shouting. If he likes it, I like it. Sometimes you just need to shout the victory. Let the devil know he doesn't have the upper hand here. Woo! We got the victory. So anyway, here's the, here's the result. Verse 21. <laughs> Jehoshaphat consulted with the people and he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army 
and to say praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now, who ever heard of putting the praise and worship team out in front of all the guys with the swords and the weapons? Don't you know that morning they had some choir members missing? (laughs) Mr. Jehoshaphat, my throat's bothering me today. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I mean, man, he consulted with them. They said, yeah, we'll do it. And man, he put the praisers out front. And then I want you to notice something. Verse 22. When, everybody say when. When they began to sing and to praise the Lord. He said ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against them, and they were smitten. Those guys went out in the front of the army with nothing but the garment of praise. And they pulled the trigger. Not in a visible round, but in an invisible one. The Bible says, when they began to praise, the Lord started working over here in this situation. And if you read the rest of the story, they didn't even see it. They didn't even know it had happened. All they did was begin to praise God. And when they started praising God here, He started working there. You can praise God this morning in this house that your situation's turning around, that He is faithful. And man, when we begin to praise, we pull that trigger of praise, God starts working over here in your situation. And then what... A few weeks from now, you find out, glory to God, man, the thing turned around. When did it start? When you prayed and you started praising. So this morning, here's what we're going to do. I've just told you what was in my spirit. If this pertains to you this morning and you've been going through some things, maybe you've had a season of opposition, this is your day. I want you to stand up on the inside in faith. I want you to declare, hey, this thing's turning around. The tide is turning. This season's coming to a close. Amen. Good things are ahead. And what are we going to do? On the count of three, not now but in a minute, I'm going to have you give a shout of praise to God. You say, well, I've never shouted before. Well, that's a good time to do it. Everybody else will be. Shout hallelujah, thank Him, tell Him you trust Him, that you love Him, that you believe Him, right? And just give Him a good praise. Why? When they began to praise, the Lord said ambushments. You need something to turn around this morning. Praise Him what? In advance. See, I've heard it said, and and you probably have too, your celebration is a demonstration of your faith in the fact God has heard my prayer and the situation is turning around. Right? Everybody stand up this morning. Now, brother, I want you to get my track ready. Get it ready. When we count to three, we're going to give a shout of praise. And then I want you to start my track simultaneously. I'm going to sing you a song this morning, right? And uh, I'm going to take my shoes off because I like to get up here where I can see people. Amen. But I want you to praise God this morning. If that is you, or even if it isn't at this moment, you've still got something you can praise God for, you've been standing and believing for. Are you ready? Now, brother, you got my volume up. I like it to fill the house. Now, don't make me shout by myself. I will shout by myself. But I'd rather everybody do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. Come on, bring that track up. Come on, bring it up. God is about to turn some things around. You can keep praising Him. 
Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. We're not defeated. We're not, not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Listen now. God is about to turn some things around. Here. Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. Hey, we're not defeated. We're not, not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Listen now. We're not looking to the past anymore. We're girding up, we're gearing up, and we're going through a brand new door. Things are going to get better than they've ever been before. Hey, God is about to turn some things around. Come on. God is about to turn some things around. Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. We're not defeated. We're not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Listen now. We're seeing an increase of the spirit and the power. Mighty signs and wonders being wrought in this hour. No failure any longer. God's church is getting stronger. God is about to turn some things around. Listen now. So don't let go of your faith. It will soon become sight. Just open your mouth and confess the word. Everything's going to be all right. This is the time of victory. Your turnaround is here. <laughs> Somebody shout a little bit in here this morning. Woo! It's all right to get happy. Amen. <laughs> it's turning around. Turning around right now. Woo! Jesus. Hey, come on, sing it with me. God is about to turn some things around. Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. Hey, we're not defeated. Not going down. God is right now turning things around. Hey, God is right now turning things around. Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. We're not defeated. <laughs> not going down. Hey. Woo. We're not defeated. We're not going down. Cause God is about to turn some things. Right now, turning things. He's about to turn some things around. If you believe it, shout a little bit. I don't just believe it. I know it. Hallelujah. Woo. I know they're going to sing a, a take up a separate offer. I'm going to sing something during that second offer. But join hands right here real quick. Just stretch your hands out towards your pastors. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Listen. I hear the Holy Ghost say, The hand of the Lord is steadfastly upon you. His call remains strong. And true. And it is your faithfulness and commitment to that call that has sustained you year after year and brought you through. But now you turn a corner and a new place I see where the blessing of the Lord will rest in a fresh way upon thee. And the struggles and perhaps disappointments and seeming setbacks of yesterday, they will fade. In the light and the joy of today.
as this season passes and a new one gives way. So rejoice. (laughs) Be glad. Get ready to run with your strength renewed and a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon this house, this people, and upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, let's just lift our hands. Thank you, Lord. We believe that. We believe that. I believe this morning we're going to have some testimonies. Remember when that skinny guy from Georgia came and he said, the Lord said some things were going to turn around. Well, they did. And you come give your pastor testimony. I'll come back in a minute. I'm going to turn it over to you. And then we'll sing one song as we go out. Is that all right? Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I hadn't come in because I needed some things from God, so it was good to have you in. So hopefully all you got something. Uh, Again, I appreciate you. (laughs) Amen. And uh, praise God, you know, he made that statement, you know, the skinny guy that came in. We were just talking yesterday and he says, you remember like 20 years ago when we were both skinny? I noticed he didn't say anything about me being skinny in this, so... Thank God you're still skinny. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, did you receive something this morning? Were you blessed? Amen. Praise God. Well, so here's an opportunity where you can give back into the ministry that sowed something into your life. You realize this isn't just a message to come make you feel good. These are divine deposits from heaven by which you can hook your faith up and take you to the next level. Take you to the next place. And so, therefore, again, we can just do... Uh, we can give in, in, in accordance to our faith and say, God, I'm believing everything that was spoken in that meeting that I'm going to the next level, going to my next season, and God, you're turning it around. How many of you believe you got favor on your life? Amen. Praise God. Well, ushers, I should have been telling you already. You, well, you got offering envelopes there in front of you. Praise God. You ready to give? Yeah. Amen. Gave you some time. You know, he talked about the zeros in your account. But see, ministers, we like zeros. So listen, it's okay if you put some zeros in. <laughs> just, just messing with you. All right. Amen. Hey, let's pray. And then we'll allow Brother Marty to come back up and we'll dismiss. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to give this morning. God, we thank you that this morning we heard not just from a minister, but from heaven. And therefore, the things in which we heard today, we take to heart. We put into practice And more importantly, we shout the victory. And we thank you, Father, that favor is upon our lives, favor is upon this church. And we thank you. We're stepping into a new season and things are turning around in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You guys can. Test, test. Hey, we'll just sing. This is a good song. Uh, You know, this. (laughs) I always tell the songs I sing. It's something for the old folks to remember and the young people to laugh at. But, uh, hey, this is a good old Holy Ghost song, all right? Crank it up. Y'all stand up. Pass the buck. Crank it on up for me, bro. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. That's what we're going to say. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. Each day he's just the same. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Hey! 
Look what the Lord has done. Look what you're going to say. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. He stays just the same. Come help me praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. Listen now. Well, I got it. I got it. How many got the victory? I got it. I got it. Woo! Hey, something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I know you got it. I got it. I got it. Woo! Hey, something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it in my hands, got it in my feet, got it in my walk, got it in my talk, got it all over me. God's not dead, y'all. He's still alive. God's not dead, y'all. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. I feel it in my hands, feel it in my feet, feel it in my walk, feel it in my talk, feel it all over me. God's not dead, he's still alive. I feel it in my hands, feel it in my feet, feel it in my walk, feel it in my talk, feel it all over me. Here we go now, somebody help me. I got it, I got it. I got it, I got it. Woo! Something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain. I got it in my hands. Got it in my feet. Got it in my walk. Got it in my talk. Got it in my hands. Got it in my feet. Got it in my walk. Got it in my talk. Got it all over me. Woo! Look what the Lord has done. That's what you're going to be your testimony. The Lord has done. Hey! He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. He stays just the same. Come help me praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. All right, now, one more time. Look what. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, look what the Lord has done. Woo! He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. He stays just the same. Come help me praise Him. Look what the Lord... That's what you're going to say. Hey! Come help me praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. One more time. Come help me praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. Look what He's done. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God, Pastor. Praise God. Come on. Amen. Well, what a way to end church. Amen. Start a work week praising the Lord. Amen. How many of you got it? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. We love you. And uh, we're just stepping up higher. Amen. Praise God. Well, hey, he's got a lot of materials back there.
uh, take advantage of those. And again, he's got to take them home. So let's send them home empty handed, right? Amen. Praise God. Well, you're dismissed. You're subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life